Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today's guest is Brandon Vera, Brandon the Truth Vera. Um, he is the one championship world heavyweight champion at the moment. Uh, he's a guy that I have spent some time with in my career. We have fought on the same cards. We've had some experiences together. He's, he's probably one of the most positive guys in the sport, uh, one of the most inspirational guys in the sport, a real doer, a go-getter, a guy that goes out there and, and loves to make a difference. Uh, you can't talk to this guy without smiling and having a good time, and, and I think this is going to be a, a great conversation. I've been wanting to get him on the podcast for a while, so uh, let's get this going. All right, Brandon Vera, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing, Mike? Good to see good. you, bud. Good, man. It's been a, a minute, as the kids say. Super minute. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's been a long time, but I'm following you. I see you on IG. I see what you're doing, bud. Congratulations yeah. on everything. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. How are you doing? What have you been up to? Uh, farming, getting the house ready for a, for a new baby coming. Oh, wow. Training. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> Congrats, bro. Thank so you're, you you're in Guam right now, right? Yes, sir. We are in Guam. Yeah. So that's right we're, outside we're, of. We're, Go ahead. Oh, uh, sorry. We're we're between Philippines and Guam, all okay. the time. So, uh, it is about three and a half hour flight, and uh, when the pandemic was about to to cause lockdown around the world, our, our uh, what was he, Mama? Our baby doctor, our OBGYN over there said, either go to Guam or go to the province. Yeah. And the province was going to take about 12 hours to get to. Guam yeah. was going to be four hours. So yeah. we bounce the, close, the most direct route. Gotcha, 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 man. So you're definitely safe from the the coronavirus, I think, over there, man. I think it's pretty low, isn't it? I mean, I don't think there's much in Guam and Micronesia. And I don't know about no. Philippines, but it's probably a little <sighs> bit worse than the Philippines. Philippines is bad, brother. Like, is uh, it? The number, yeah, it's... It's like a thousand. It was a thousand plus one day, then eight hundred, then five hundred, then eight hundred new cases wow. per day. And, uh, here in Guam, you know, it's really, really small island, family base. They've had five deaths total, and I think a total of one hundred and seventy something cases. Yeah. So it's very, it's really, really controlled here. Yeah. Shockingly, like Thailand, man. Thailand's had a really low amount of cases. Um, That's awesome. And I was wondering how Thailand was doing. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. Man. Like that, over there. They haven't had many uh, new cases in a long time, so they're opening everything up right now. The, the malls are open. Everything's open. Uh, the gym's yeah. going to be open. And some gyms are open now, but it's like the, the rules are so stringent that it's like it's not worth risking people's health because you can't touch trainers. So, in other words, you can't do tie pads. You can't do any kind <laughs> of, like, real work. It's like you can do the yeah. same thing on, on YouTube. So why pay? Why have to pay a gym to go do, like, shadow boxing and kick in a bag and – and fitness stuff you could do. yeah so like I'm, it's like i'm not gonna charge people for that and then plus the safety still give it give it a little bit more time everything seems to be cooling down so some gyms are open here but but officially we're going to be able to open i think uh june 15th where we can actually put on muay thai programs and then get back i think it's going to start out with muay thai i think uh no clinching and then and then just tie pads muay thai and then i think they'll ease into like clinching and then eventually mma and bjj will be the last thing i mean think about it bro bjj and mma is like the that's the most intimate thing you can do next to the other intimate thing you can do (laughs) so you're absolutely correct (laughs) so like yeah i think that's gonna be the last thing that they're gonna allow safe safely um oh so it's crazy but yeah it's getting back man i'm excited 
Thank you, man. Congratulations, brother. June 15th. That's really awesome. I promise you, I promise you, especially with everything going on around the world, you know, the goal is now is to travel and go see more. So I, I've been saying it for a long time. I've been wanting to come down to AKA and hang out in Thailand and see what's going on over there. And man, it's gorgeous. So I want to come visit and come hang out. Well, uh, I'll make sure the family comes when we get out this year, ne- probably next year, next year for sure. Yeah. We'll come out there and see what's going on, brother. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to hold you to that, man. I've been, I've been trying to get you to come down here. So you'll have fun, <laughs> man. We'll show you the island, yeah. man. We'll show you, uh, you know, the whole the whole setup and then the gym and everything. It'll be something for everybody, dude, the whole family. Like, I mean, there's there's so much cool stuff to do in Phuket, and it's so affordable now, man. Like, it's already, it's always been affordable for, like, a, this type of destination. I mean, if you go to, like, a, yeah. a, something comparable to, like, the, the Caribbean or, or uh, you know, Hawaii, something like that, it's way cheaper anyway. And then now with the coronavirus, yeah. man, it's going to be like, I mean, there's so many businesses going under and hotels barely stand alive. So it's like, it's unfortunate, but it's going to be very, very reasonable to come after this thing is over. Yeah. I think it's going to be a big boom. I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think because of the virus and everybody staying home and being forced into a situation that they're not accustomed to, you know, this outside stressor that nobody can get out of, brother, I think I'm with you. I think... When this is, as soon as they say, okay, there's going to be maybe one or two months that's slow. But then after that, I think it's going to be full bore. Everybody's using all their vacation days. Everybody's cashing in whatever they can cash in. And the businesses that do survive and can make it through this turmoil, man, they're going to, they're going to be the next big thing. You know, they're going to be the next fortune 500 company. So yeah, the way of the world, man, like we've been around enough. We can see that this is a cycle, man. It's just it just happens. It's unfortunate, this, but it's going to happen. It's a good lesson to entrepreneurs like myself because, like, you always – like, I've, I've always been good about preparing for the worst and, and, and stuff like that. But, like, the worst was never this bad, you know? Like, you could, you could never predict that, like, I would build no. this big gym and then, like, not only would, like, like <sighs> nobody come, but the government would shut down the gym and then shut down the <laughs> airport where all your customers can't even come to the island. Like that's like the, that's like so beyond the worst case. And so luckily I prepared for like slightly less of a worst case, which is good because it's carrying me over and like helping yes, me survive. But like, yes, God, like from now on, I'm going to prepare for like the worst, worst. Ca- I'm going to prepare for the apocalypse, dude, for like a year. Like I'm going to like, I'm going to have so much preparation going into this after this, man, because like you just never know, dude. This is just came out of nowhere. I mean, we're just, it was booming. Record setting January, record setting February, record setting uh, March. And then just in the, the middle of March, boom, nothing. Just like we were shut down in a week. It was like, holy shit, man. It's crazy. Yeah, brother. You know, Alliance, uh, Alliance Philippines, we're supposed to be finishing up the last parts and bringing equipment in and doing the final stages. The pool was up. The glass was going in on the pool. And then Corona. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then the pen, like you said, you can only prepare so much and nobody yeah. ever thought it was going to be like this. So, but I don't know if there's going to be, I mean, our facilities built, it's there, you know, but I don't know if there's going to be the crowd for a gym. I mean, they still have 800 cases, 500 cases a day. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. You know, like, I, I don't know how to make sense of that yet. So I'm still and wrapping talk, my head around. Talk about adding salt to the wound, man. Like, so then you got America <laughs> with 1.8 million cases, 107,000 people dead, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden following the coronavirus when you've you've lost your revenue and barely lost your business or did lose your business over the last three months, now all of a sudden because of this absolutely ridiculous 
ridiculous, horrific incident. Now it's riots. So now, now it's like now your your people are fighting to like get people to stop like breaking their windows and stuff. Like it's, cr- I know you've been posting a lot about this too, and it's like, it's tough, man, because it's like, there's got to be change. That that's for sure. And you know there hasn't been enough change since '91. You know there hasn't been enough of this wouldn't happen. Um, so there has to be change. And of course, when you burn a city down, that's going to make a big statement. So it's like, what do you do? It's like such a hard thing. You want to go out there and just just fight and 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 make a statement. But at the same time, you're hurting everything and hurting innocent people. I'm seeing innocent people get killed in front of their businesses that are just trying to protect their businesses for their family. It's just crazy. Trying to save their own, you know. Yeah, they didn't do anything, you know. I'm. So for me, I'm. We understand violence, you know. I, yeah. I, I, understand, I understand the need for it, and if I understand violence does beget more violence. Yes. There is a time that violence is needed and necessary. Mm-hmm. That time would have been exactly at the moment when the gentleman was on the ground in that situation and the officers were not paying attention or doing it intentionally, you know? Mm -hmm. That would have been the time for violence. That specific moment to save a life. The The violence now... Sorry, sorry. I just think the violence now is... That doesn't make sense to me now what's going on. The reform is definitely needed. It's absolutely necessary. And I think because of technology, man, the whole world got to see it, you know? Whether you not you believe into any conspiracy theories or not, like reform is needed. It is absolutely needed. I'm all for reform, but I'm not. You know, as a business owner, as a small business owner, as having to watch my family go through riots and have to go to the business and hold weapons at the ready, I I understand. Like man, we're try- we're working. You've seen the video. They're trying to get by. Like you might. Like we've saved. We've we've earned. We've broke our backs trying to make this happen, you know, and then all of a sudden you guys are mad at whatever and you destroy what we worked so hard for. Like, come on, man, that's not fair. So where, where does the good person in all of this fit in, you know, why are they suffering? Yeah. So, yeah. And then I see you've been posting a lot of stuff too. So it's like, there's so many sides to this, but, but I agree with you completely, man, inciting riots and stuff and like burning stuff down. At least there's some, at least there's some important, important people that are speaking out right now and, and like trying to make, you know, trying to be mature about it and, and, and show that this isn't going to help. I think, I think in general, um, I think we know from history, man, like hate and violence is never fixed. Hate and violence. There's only one, one, one place that happens and that's in the, in the cage. You know what I mean? Like we can not hate, (laughs) not hate so much, but (laughs) violence, violence will fix violence for us. You know what I mean? Like we fight and then we're we're cool. We're best friends. Then we're best friends. But aside from like cage fighting, I can't think of many situations where violence and hate has fixed problems in the past and not created more hate and violence. And, uh, it's a mess, man. man. It's a a mess. mess. People are just, I understand people are frustrated, just, you know, and it goes all the way back. So people want to say it's systematic racism, systematic uh, class classism, you know. Uh, I don't know what it's called, chasticism, where you're born into a class or once you're... I believe we all just need more education. I believe yeah. we just need to be shown a path. You know, I, I we need to be shown option A, B, and C, you know. Like we've been fortunate, Mike, in our in our line of profession, we had options. If you slip left, 
you have three things to do here. If you slip right, you have three or four things to do from here. Right. So all of that into you, we get to use that in our daily lives. You know, most people in their daily life they only know one way, the hard way, and and banging their head against the wall until it gets done their way. You know, we I think we just all need to help each other more. And I don't know how that is or what that is, but I think we, if we help educate each other more, it'd be a much more productive society and world. I think. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I agree with you 100% for sure. And yeah, it, it's it's tough. It's a tough one, man. It's definitely tough when, when you have this kind of thing going on. And uh, But yeah, we, we have to solve it, man. And like we have to get it solved. And, and just coming on the tail end of this COVID-19 is just the worst timing ever. You know, now it's just, <laughs> if it wasn't close to ap- apocalypse then, it's definitely looks like apocalypse now. So it's like, I hope this thing, you know, I hope these these cops get charged and justice is served where people can see that they're charged like everybody else. They get the punishment they deserve. And then maybe that'll bring restitution to everybody where they're like, okay, okay, they got punished. They were wrong. And, and, and we can look. And the thing is, if people just think ahead, man, like look back like 50 years, look back 100 years at the races and how separate they were. Um, and then look now at how interracial people are, like how many, how many mixed races there are. So you have to assume, bro. I'm not saying I can't give a timeline, but you have to assume the future. We're going to all look the same. We're going to all be the same. We're, we're just going to keep mixing in this world, this, this this bowl of like, you know what I mean? Eventually, 100 years, 200 years, I don't know exactly how long, we're all going to be the same. We're going to look the same. We're going to all be mixed. We're going to all be, you know, it's, it's going to be rare to see like a, a authentic, just solid brown or white or black person yeah. because everyone's going to be, you know. So it's like if you think about it like that, we're all going to be one eventually. We might as well get ahead of ourselves and just start now. The hate, there's no, there's no, there's no need to ex- keep extending the hate, and that goes for all sides. And I know it's you can't just sit there and say to one side stop hating and then the other side not. But it's yeah, I, I, I just wish, I wish it fast forward. But man, anyway, that's the negative, the negative stuff. But I'm gonna get back to you. So you, I'm gonna get back to you because I know a lot about you, hanging out with you, and and we fought on the same card. We fought on the same card two times. We fought on the same card, yeah. uh, UFC 60, UFC 105. UFC 60, dude, we were killing it. We did the, I did the Swickatine on, on Joe Riggs, and then you you followed up with Asura Silva, Asurio Silva, and you got a guillotine too, man. We both got guillotines on the same night. Dude, we, we were so happy. I remember, Mike. I remember, man. It was such a good time. Every time, I was just telling my wife about it right now. I said, man, it was good seeing Mike because, you know, you and I, we, we didn't know each other. We, we, we didn't train together, you know. But when we saw each other, we always said hello, and it was it was just good vibes all the time. You know what I mean? Like, nobody was trying to one-up anybody or trying to be better than other. We was in there really just having a good time, man. And it was it's always been awesome knowing you, Mike, and fighting on the same cards as you do because that vibe is very hard to find. Yeah. Very, very hard to find, especially back in the day when everybody's just trying to be a tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> Same for you, man. It's funny. I mean, I I feel the same way because like there's certain people you meet and like you get a bad vibe or certain people you meet and it's just kind of a chill vibe. Like you don't know them. They don't know you and they keep it like that. You know, then there's those people you meet like you. It's like when we we never really hung out a lot outside of the gym. But when we meet, we click so well. You know what I mean? And like we can just sit and talk as if we were friends for like 10 years. You know, it's it's crazy. It's, It's weird to explain. But me and you had that vibe. And I I still don't know how we had it so good, but I, I, I totally love hanging out with you, man. It's always positive. I always feel good, and we were winning fights, and uh, it was good, man. It was exciting. We, we were having some good times. 
Yeah, Mike. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that, man. It was, just, it was funny because I was just talking about that. Yeah. Just, man, ever since then, and then no matter where we were at or what we were doing, if we were up or if we were down, we always said hello to each other. Always, always, always. Yeah. So it was cool, man. Very cool, brother. Yeah, definitely. So, but, but I never knew, like, a lot of your history coming in. So, like, you grew up, and I, and I heard you grew up with, like, a real big family, right? Like, so you had a lot of siblings and stuff when you were growing up. How was that? Yeah. Man, it was, it was absolutely amazing. Bro, like we never joined a gang. Like <laughs> you, you. If you needed extra help, you would just call your cousins. <laughs> there was, there was uh, seven boys and three girls um, in wow. my family. Not, you know, not immediate. You know, there's stepbrothers and stepsisters, but we never call each other stepbrother, stepsister. That's my family. You know, that's that's my sister and that's yeah. my brother. Yeah. So, man, whenever we had a problem someone was going to solve it, you yeah. know what I mean? Like somebody in our, in our what's that called, chain of command yeah. <laughs> to take care of the problem. And family it was really, business. brother, it was so nice to know that the family had your back. You didn't have to wonder. You knew it's family. They're coming. They said they'll be there in three minutes. They show up in two. So it was, it was very, very nice, man. And then, you know, having a family that big, you got to see mistakes or people got to teach you about mistakes before you made them, so you didn't have to repeat. So it was like a, it was a nice education. And man, that's not just one way. I'm talking about my younger brothers, my younger sisters had done stuff even during middle school, high school years that I knew I should have been doing. You know, like mm-hmm. so the whole family got to got to see a, a whole different perspective from all twelve of us, all ten of us. And all the cousins and yeah. all the nephews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Only, you were only child. I was an only child, dude. So like, if I got in trouble and stuff, I just like waited for people to show up, and like nobody showed up, dude. I was. Just, <laughs> I'm just like, yo, where's my family? And like nobody showed up, dude. Small town Texas. So I just had to like put up my Duke's like thirty style boxing, kick off my boots, and just, and just do it, do it old school style, dude. Take my lunch. Yeah, bro. That, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. It was sad. Sad what? sometimes. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? Hey, you know what, though, dude? I was like, it was awesome because I was so spoiled because, like, you know, when you have all the time. So no matter where I was, I never had to share that time with brothers and sisters. Um, but, yeah. now it, but, not, but now it's like it, it, it's kind of made it hard for my life because, like, you know, I'm sitting next to my friend or something, and like, if if, if I get something and and he gets something, I'm just like looking at him, like, you know, like I like I want that too. That's nice. <laughs> why why you get that too, man? I'm I'm supposed to get that, you know? Like, what, what is this shit? Why why I gotta split half with you just because you're my friend? It's crazy, man. So I didn't get to learn that sharing is caring thing till like later on. So that's why I said. That's all right. Our, our, for a while you were fighting for a while <laughs> yeah, that's why i was fighting i was so angry for being only child i was fighting everybody dude all those bullies it's oh, funny man. man the bullies hey mike so you had bullies too growing up huh sometimes periodically yeah because i moved i moved schools a lot so yeah i did it wasn't like crazy bad but like it was it definitely i definitely experienced it enough to understand what bullying is about and like it's tough yeah. man it's tough i got two little girls now and like seeing you know seeing congratulations uh, mike yeah yeah they're they're, they're getting, they're getting they're get, yeah they're getting older man but it, it's scary because like now you know i see other stuff that's going on there's a um 
the show, 18, 13 Reasons Why, that was on Netflix. I watched that show, and it really went in, into the whole bullying and school systems now and stuff. And it's like, it's scary, man, to see, like, what these kids go through. Because, you know, I went through probably a lot less than what what kids go through now. And so it's, like, scary to know what I'm going to have to face with, with my daughters and and with kids these days. So it's like, yeah, I, I, it's, it's man, kids are kids can be evil, bro. It's I thought they were kind of rough back when I was growing up, but man, nowadays they're, I mean, you're talking about people committing suicide and like, you know, getting, especially with social media being so big, like people can get really hurt. Like not just like a name calling at school, you go home and four people heard it. It's like stuff posted on the internet and like trying to ruin your reputation. And And it's crazy. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's the problem. Like when, when you and I, like I had bullies as well, you know, but, when we got home or when we were somewhere else, we didn't have to worry about them. These kids yeah. nowadays, man, they don't get away from it, you know? They, it's on their yep. phone. Every time they're doing something online, it's there. It could be a message from someone or you know your notification. So for sure, I can see how it's breaking these kids. And the kids today are soft. My, yeah. Like, the kids today, they're not, they're not, they don't have thick skin. It's not how they were brought up, man. You couldn't spank them because you get the police called on you or CPS yeah. or... They're not, that's my favorite part about being in Asia. These kids out here may have full-time jobs at the age of whenever they need to make money for the family, you know? So yeah. it's it's a different flavor out here. People understand life isn't always easy. Mainland kids, man, it's been too easy for too long. So even this today, even what's going on right now, it's short-circuiting, short-circuiting all of them, you know? Like yeah, yeah. they don't know what to do with themselves right now. And without this device in their hand and without them dude they don't they wouldn't know what to do if you took this away for real like yeah. they don't go outside and play yeah <laughs> dude forget go outside and playing like i got to go outside and play and that's what i chose to do and that's what i wanted to do more than video games but bro when i came home i had chores i had to like clean shit out of stalls for horses and like and like lead the horses around and give them their exercise and like dude <laughs> i had like actual right? chores i don't think kids chores. understand these days what co- what chores are but like I had chores, then homework, the then I got to play. Which and playing for me was like climbing trees and like, like swimming in the swimming hole in the creek in Texas. Like you know what I mean? Like that was play yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I would grow up a little tougher, I guess, than normal. So you know, having you know, we have our, our little one on the way. I, I'm thinking about all of this stuff now, Mike. Like I didn't, man, I wasn't worried about this stuff, like you said, you know. But yeah, what are we gonna do about these devices? Because he has to learn how to use this stuff. Our, our children are going to have to be very proficient in these things. But also, how do we raise them to have thick skin like we did? You know, like, I don't know. We're going to have to figure this out. I'm going to be calling you for pointers, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, He's man. He's crying, Mike. He down. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I, I got to have, like, a barn and horses, though, to, to do it my route. <laughs> there ain't no barn and horses around here. I got, I got kicked by a horse in my stomach, dude, when I was, like, 12. Like, that that's how I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's, that's, that's hard. what you call cunt. Yeah. <laughs> when you – dude, you know, it's so crazy because, like, I never had to – it's, it's, it's funny. Be, it, uh, now I was, like, 10. I think I was, like, 10. It was before I ever had the oh, wind knock – yeah, it was before I ever had the wind knocked out of me. So, like, you know, we of course, we're fighters now. We know what it feels like to get hit in the solo plex and have the wind knocked out of us, right? 
So like I, I snuck up behind this horse out in the pen. It's a baby. It was it was a foal, and uh, she didn't see I was coming, so she just popped me with her with her her you know foot and caught me dead center of my stomach. I had a print and everything, uh, and I went down, and that was the first time I ever experienced losing my wind. You know, so like I'm like crawling like to the house, and I think I'm dying. You know, because I like I never experienced losing. I never experienced like losing your wind before, so I didn't know what that was all about. You know, so I thought I, I was like oh, I'm dead. She got me. This is my last breath. I'm done. You know, I was like, craw- I'm like crawling to my house, dude. I'm like, <laughs> and then like midway through, I just started feeling fine. And I'm like, what? Am I okay? And then I got up and then I looked at my, this hoof print in my, <laughs> my stomach. And then it was cool. I was like showing everybody, dude. I was like going around showing all my friends, dude. I thought it was like so cool because I got kicked by a horse. But like, yeah, that's my childhood. <laughs> so, so there you go. That's. <laughs> That's that's right. That's where I came from, dude. <laughs> dude, that is so awesome, man. Yeah, that is that is really awesome. And I wanted to ask you how you felt like as soon as you started catching your breath back, you started feeling normal again. Like, what did you do? And yeah, that was I thought, awesome. <laughs> I thought God saved my life because I was like half religious at the time, you know, because I didn't I was like so young. I didn't really know if I was religious or not and all the whole thing. You know, I was kind of like making yeah. my mind up still. And, like, I just was like, ah, oh, thank you, God, man. I didn't know you could really do stuff like that. That's awesome because I thought I was dead, dude. I thought he was, like, gonna, I, thought he was about to, I thought he was about to grab me, dude, and pull me right on up, dude. I wasn't going to see my family. I wasn't going to see my mom. I wasn't going to eat my, my last home-cooked meal. My mom cooked so good, too. I was so hungry, man. He, he kicked an empty stomach, dude. It was, like, it was like dead empty. Oh. Just It was just hollow, dude. He just pounded it. And so, so then, like, I started crawling and feeling better, man. And I was just like, wow, golly, man. God just saved my life. And I got up and I went and told my mom. She was like, what? You got kicked by a horse? Get out of that stable. You need to, you need to quit walking around behind horses. You know better than that. And I'm just like, well, yeah, now, because I got kicked. Now, now. thank God that was just her stomach, man. Maybe that that's is, like the that, – They always say that, you know, us fighters, like something along the path, we curved off a little bit to end up in a cage fighting maybe that maybe getting kicked by horses when i was 10 years old kind of started that whole like veering off the path of normalcy to like becoming a cage fighter <laughs> that could have been a very significant part of that i don't know uh, bro so that that would have been your curve i think my curve i'm gonna tell you my curve just because you said it and i i, I think this was the curve when I was growing up, you know, I'm like, I'm the typical Asian guy. We, I grew up at the restaurant helping my dad in the ghetto. Like, we grew up in the hood because that's where all the Asian restaurants were because that's the food that we cooked that everybody likes, you know? So, and wait, this is, the, this is the hood in where? So just so we know. In Virginia. So this is this in Portsmouth. This is okay. in Portsmouth, Virginia. Okay. Off of Portsmouth Boulevard, and I don't remember the cross street. But we're in the hood, man. So... I'm playing video games. Young, man. I'm young. You know, Asian kid playing video games. I got endless quarters in the back because when I come out the machine, I just grab to go play again. So I'm just playing video games, and this guy comes in uh, and tells me, he says, hey, that's my game. And he was with his friend. And I remember I said, this ain't your game. This is my game, man. You better wait till I'm done. <laughs> and his friend, I remember his friend started egging him on. Ooh, ooh, you're gonna let him talk to you like that? You're gonna let him talk to you like that? And so he pushed me. And I remember just playing, I tried to ignore him. And I think I was still wearing my apron, man. Like, I'm, I don't know how young I was. 
I'm filling soy sauce bottles. You know, I'm not old enough to cook yet, but I'm I'm work sweeping and doing this dumb yeah. stuff. And um, dude, I I kind of pushed him back. Next thing I know, he blasted me in the face hard, and I I don't know what's going on. I just got punched. So I, by the time I look up, his ass is on the video game. This guy's on my video game. He just took it I over. Just walked, dude, he just took it over, and I don't remember what happened because I got punched. You know, I was still on my feet. I hit hit the ground, but <laughs> I walked to the back and I told my cousin, they're older than me. It's my my twin cousins. Uh, they're identical twins, both of them black, Anquan and Briscoe. Both of them were in the karate back in the day. You know, they were super hardcore into karate. I'm talking forms, breaking bricks with their hands, <laughs> like karate guys, you know? Super karate. So, dude, super karate. <laughs> so then they asked my, uh, they said, no, man, you got to tell your dad. You got to tell your dad. And I didn't want to tell my dad. I think my cousin, my cousin probably wanted to jump him or something. I told him, no, you know, Probably, like, forget that guy, like, some little kid thing. Like, no, just let him leave. I'll play later when he's gone. No, we're going to tell your dad. We're going to tell your dad. So they, they brought me to my dad. And I remember my dad was like, you better go get your game back. <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> I have to get my game back. That didn't work so well the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so my I remember my dad was like, tell your cousins take you. Your cousins take you over there. We'll get your game back. Dude, I went out there with my cousins, and I told them I needed my I, I need to get my game back. And because my cousins were there, he got off the game, mm. and I got my game back. But that was the first time I stood up for myself, and I did have my family have my back. But that was the first time, like, yo, yeah, man, yeah. you're not allowed. To, you're not supposed to let people just take stuff from you, man. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to. And if my cousins didn't have my back, for sure I wouldn't have went, you know. But I went, and it. To learn the lesson, I got punched in the face for it. <laughs> I got bullied yeah. and got punched in the mouth. Yeah, man. I don't I don't want no boss. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. So I need to take what's mine. And that's probably where it came from, that moment, yeah. man. <laughs> what did you call it? The curve? <laughs> the curve, dude. That's, that's where we – the veering. That's where we veered off the path of, like, becoming, like, you know, 9 to 5. And then, like, uh, just we'll fight in a cage. That will be a good business. We'll do that. Uh <laughs> we'll be fine when we're 40 <laughs> we'll be fine we could probably still talk a little bit maybe do a podcast here or there perhaps um and then uh so so from that point from from that point from that point till like uh you started fighting and stuff what what, what got you into martial arts like when, when when did you say i'm gonna start training in martial arts and then when did you say all right i'm gonna do this as like my my job or, or at least very competitively <laughs> so uh Let's go back. So when you're when you're an Asian kid growing up in the 70s, 80s, you had there was two requirements immediately out the gate if you're going to be an American Asian kid. Mm-hmm. You have to play some kind of instrument. Oh, wow. And you're and you're probably going to do taekwondo or karate. Yeah. So I played the piano, and I had and I. I took Taekwondo just because it was the closest one to the house. <laughs> That's how I started. I literally started in Taekwondo too. So what? How old were you? How old were you when you when you stepped in the karate uh, dojo or the, the Taekwondo dojo? Man, you know I was uh, I was I was so young that. Another story that's coming out of this: my very first sparring uh, tournament. You know, your first point sparring tournament. My uncle took me. 
I cried, bro. I didn't want yeah. to do the sport. I didn't want to get hit. That's how young I was. <laughs> I don't remember how young, but I was like, I don't want to get hit. I don't want to get hit. So since then, up until maybe, you know, middle school, I started wrestling. I took uh, Taekwondo maybe till uh, I, I ended up eventually getting my black belt, but I came back to get my black belt. I don't remember what I left as. Um, then I started wrestling in middle school, high school, college. Uh, I joined the military. I got on the Air Force team, uh, training at the Olympic Training Center. I became a resident athlete at the Olympic Training Center for the Air Force. Um, from there, I got discharged because of my arm. I had to rehab. It took me two years to rehab that bad boy. I started training again, and I started doing Muay Thai, boxing, found out about MMA. I saw Randy Couture whooping people's ass on TV, Ultimate Fighter, and me and Mr. Couture literally two and a half years ago were rolling with each other, whooping each other's ass on the mats at the Olympic Training Center, you know? And he's just wrestling, controlling everyone, you know? So I was like, oh my goodness, man, this, I need to check this out. So the reason why I ended up fighting, I was watching it with my brother, who's now, he's smart. He's a pediatric orthodontic dentist. Mm -hmm. So he's a smart one in the family. It was just him and me inside the living room, watching it on TV, and I was like, Junior, it was Randy Couture during this fight. I said, Junior, what do you, what do you think about this, man? <laughs> My little brother said, the smart one, he said, man, I don't know, man. Those, those guys are effing crazy, yo. I don't know about that stuff, man. <laughs> My immediate response was, yo, I think I want to try this, man. I think I want to try this and see what happens. <laughs> so all the way from Taekwondo all the way up to me realizing I want to try this, that's when I came in. I never, ever planned to be the world champ. I never, ever planned to have a winning streak. I never, ever planned for all the fame. I never planned for all of the problems that come with it. I just planned to go have fun, you know, and everything else teaches you. You learn on the job. In this profession, we learn OJT, on-the-job training, man, yeah. from contract negotiations to wrong moves in the cage. We, so we learn, you know. <laughs> so first i want to say thank you for your service man i've i've uh i, I yeah. definitely have I've done a lot of military support tours man been all over the all over the world iraq afghanistan stuff to support you guys as much as i could and 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 you know i appreciate what you guys do so so uh thanks for your support man um big ups for that and then so you mean to tell me that that training with randy couture at the olympic training center is kind of what got you into martial arts and then i was with you in england when you fought mr couture how crazy yeah, was that, how crazy was that? And, and, and dude, before we even get into the fight, because we're gonna probably get in the result, uh, I remember because I lost that night to Hardy, and uh, I was sad yes, about my loss, dude. And and you took a loss too to Couture, but man, I remember thinking, am I wrong in thinking this? Because I remember thinking you won that fight, bro. I remember thinking you won that fight and didn't get the decision for some reason, man. Like I, I remember talking to you about it because that was a close fight, and I and I thought I thought you were gonna win when I watched that fight. Um, thank you. 
Am I right? I mean, that, 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 it was close fight, right? Like, I remember thinking that, and I remember having a conversation with you in the elevator about that. But how was that fight in Randy Couture after, like, he kind of got you? And I love Randy, too. No disrespect to him. But yeah. how, how crazy was that to, like, the, to train with him, such a legend, and, and, and get you into the sport? And then one day you fought him as, as a main event. and <laughs> Dude, it was, I would say, amazing, crazy, and scary all at the same time. Yeah. You know, I – you train with the guy you know how nasty that guy is he's he's nasty bro <laughs> there's no other word to describe mr couture he's just nasty he's yeah he's he's amazing so that's why i trained so hard for that event was because man i was nervous i for sure was scared because man if you go in wrong against mr randy couture he can make it really bad for you you know he doesn't have to finish you he can just grind you the whole 25 minutes if he wants to, you know? So yeah. was it 15 minutes back then? I don't remember. It was 15, I, remember. I think, or something. But, I think it was 15. Yeah, it was 15. But, you know, it was, it was awesome. It was eye-opening. I learned to keep my mouth closed because right before I got into the cage, I turned to Dana White and I said, hey, Mr. White, after I beat your boy, I want that million-dollar signing bonus. Yeah. <laughs> So I learned. I learned. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth yeah. shut. Just go do your business. Come out after. <laughs> yeah, it's but man, crazy. You know, man. I, I feel one thing I want to take back from that event. And Rand, if you're watching this, one thing I never got to take back, man, I did not shake your hand immediately after the fight. I think I was in such disbelief that I walked out and sat down on the on the stoop right outside of the, the octagon. And I feel really bad about that. So, Mr. Couture, I'm sorry about that day, but it, it just was, I think we were all in shock. Yeah. So I, think I that's remember that, man. Yeah. And I think sorry, anybody that knows you, I think anybody and I think anybody that knows you, you don't have to even apologize, man. They know you're a good guy and you would never do something like that because you're just being mean. Um, and going back to like Brandy Couture being nasty, like I think because when I was on the Ultimate Fighter, he was my coach. And, and what people don't realize is Brandy's awesome. He's the nice, nicest guy you've ever met. He's a legend. He's an icon. He, he's done it all. But when you train with him, like I, I, you know how I train. Like I train crazy hard. You know, I push it to the limit. So I did the same with him and everything else. And when you push it to the limit with Randy, he's just nasty, bro. He he tries. He's like got the dirty box and he's popping you from like inside outside. He's a nasty dude to get into it with. It's not just yeah. about wrestling and he takes you down and throws a couple punches. Like you understand. But like for the people that don't understand, like for me for, in my sparring sessions with him, it's like he's just trying to inflict pain on you every way he can. I don't care if it's like shoving his elbow in your rib when nobody can even see, or like just these these yep. these punches coming from nowhere. Like he's he's a, he's a grinder, bro. Like he's a he he does everything way, it takes. Dude, just even the way he leans on you the whole yeah, time, yeah, with, with his head, bro. He shoves his head into your face. <laughs> Yeah, but I remember, bro. I remember that. I was like, you're just damn. carrying his weight the whole time, man. Yeah, it's just you. Yeah. His, and you, it works because you're having to think about all these different things that are that are hitting you. Like the, he's, he's jabbing his, he's he's suffocating you with his pressure, and then he's jabbing you in the ribs with his elbow. Then his head is so strong because his neck's so strong from wrestling. He's shoving your eye bone and your eye socket with with his head, and you're having to still think about like getting out of the position and like trying to do something else. It's like it's he's he's he, you know you can tell the dude's had some fights. <laughs> he's been around for a while. While you're there defending and, and trying to do everything, all you're trying to say is, 
breathe. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. At some point, you just want to breathe. This is not even about survival and like beating him. It's like, I just want to breathe first, catch my breath, breathe. then win, you know, like then try and win. It's crazy, man. And, and I like, I like the fact that you talk about the nerves, man. And like how you were scared at certain times, because like people have this facade that like fighters never get nervous and scared. And it's how you handle it and how you mature as a fighter to get where we were, where we can get through those nerves and, and fear and go out there and face them and come out ahead. And then other people can't do that. And that's the difference. But as far as getting scared and be having fear, like when I watched the karate kid, that's what got me into martial arts. So I watched the karate kid and, and I wanted, I wanted to be like a rough macho dude and like beat up the bad guys and get the girl. That was like my thing, dude. So I was, I was hardcore dude. Cause I already got kicked by a horse, dude. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm ready, dude. Like I'm ready, bro. What, who's going to kick me with a sidekick dude? Worse than a horse. You know, I'm like, dude, I'm ready. I mean, I didn't go like beat the horse up, but I was like, I took it, you know, like I took it. So my comp, my confidence was at like the highest. And I told my mom, I'm like, I'm going to be in martial arts. You got to help me out. And she got me like a black belt membership at a Taekwondo gym, which means she paid up until black belt, whatever they got her good. You know, did the upsell wow. thing. And yeah. dude, I was so pumped up. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to this Taekwondo gym. I'm going to fuck. I'm going to be a badass, and I'm going to fight. I'm going to be, you know, this, that, and the other. And dude, when I showed up to the Taekwondo gym, just the painting on the windows, like all that, like, aggressive, like, painting and, like, stuff scared the shit out of me, bro. I pulled up, and I was like, oh, shit. And my mom was like, let's go. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is the real deal, dude. It's like all this, like, crazy painting of, like, fighters and fighting. And it was like a real dojo, you know? And I was like, it was it was like, like a real that, Cobra. it was like Cobra Kai, dude. And I walked in, and it was just, like, everybody in geese. And, like, I was like, oh, shit. Or the, not geese. Well, I guess geese, but it was, like, the, the Taekwondo yeah. geese and stuff. And I was just like, oh, man, dude. It was crazy. So I had to get over that. But then, like, I was, like, just uh, the sparring guy, dude. I didn't want to do the brick breaking. I didn't want to do the forums. I just love sparring, bro. I was just all the time sparring, 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 sparring. I loved wow. the fighting. Never been in fights on the street. Never got in trouble with the cops, nothing like that. I'm not a violent person. But, dude, when it comes to competition and once you force yourself in there and face the nerves and face the, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the fear and everything, and once you get in there and fight, like, I love that feeling, dude. I love to, to just be one-on-one. -on -one, <laughs> fighting and and that's when i knew it was my calling man i wanted to i wanted to make a name and and be a a, a famous fighter or somewhat famous fighter one day so that was uh, kind of new back then huh i did man like i wanted to just you know what it was like chuck norris was uh -huh. the man back then you know of course it was van damme and Seagal, yes. so that was like the long-term goal <laughs> to be to do movies yeah. and stuff and not 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 take hits just be famous and make money on movies. But the short-term goal, well, well, Chuck, Chuck Norris too, but the short-term goal was like more the early Chuck, like, you know, win the tournaments, get, get the respect. I wanted to walk into like a, in between the, the, the Taekwondo kickboxing. And then especially when I got into MMA for UFC, my, my goal uh, before being a champion and all that. And, and I never thought I'd get as close as I did, you know, with those two, those two contention fights. But um I wanted to just be able to walk into like a competition, like a UFC event or a, a Taekwondo event back in that time. And people just to say, oh man, that's Mike Swick, dude. He's, he's a good fighter. Like, that's all I wanted, dude. I wanted, I wanted just that respect, you know? And then it just grew from there. And I got in the UFC, started winning fights. And then, then it became like, I wanted to be a champion. And, and lucky for me, the, the greatest welterweight of all time happened to be the champion during my era. So well, that yeah. really screwed yeah. things up. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> sucked it was like yeah yeah bad timing on my part but uh i didn't even get a chance i hardy beat me so i didn't even get a chance to fight him but hardy got to fight him 
But uh, yeah, that, yeah. So it's good to talk about that, man. To show that, like, I think you know, for people out there that are watching and and that have that fear and those nerves and that have been bullied, you know, even if you've been bullied and you back down and you didn't want to fight, it doesn't mean you're a coward. It doesn't mean you're weak. We've all we've all been in situations where we've backed out of situations because we're smart enough to understand that it could get very bad. We could get stabbed. We could get shot. Or I could just take a beating that I don't really want to take and then go get kicked by a horse when I get home. You know, so it's like, I just, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean you're a coward. It doesn't mean, you know, anything like that. You can still move on and be a fighter. I went on the UFC and won 10 UFC fights. You know, you won a bunch of fights. But at, at one point, we were in the same situation where, you know, we had bullies and, and, and so it's like for those out there, don't let that get you down. You can still pursue it. You can still overcome it like everything else. And 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 fight guys that are vicious and 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 killers and beat them and knock them out and 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 keep going. You know, I mean, you're champion. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's it's good. I think it's I think it's a good point to get across to people because a lot of people I think they get that fear that first time and they think like, oh, I'm not cut out to be a fighter. Don't sell yourself short. Give it a shot. You know, if that's what you want to do. You know, like it's my that's my opinion anyway. And I would I would add to that, Mike. Like, listen, even if you have to walk away today doesn't mean that you can't come back tomorrow, the next week, yep. the next month, the next year. Because yeah. I guarantee you right now, all my bullies will probably turn down an open invitation to come challenge me right now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, even though they bullied me, bullied me when we were younger, I still would own them right now. So, yeah. stay strong, stay the course. Do what's right. And, man, I promise you it's going to get easier. Just stay the course. Bullies, for sure, don't ever yeah. meet you. <laughs> All right, guys, I want to thank our sponsor, a.k.a. Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. Uh, this has been my passion project for, man, over 15 years, um, you know, from, from thought to design to building it to be the perfect gym in the perfect location. Um, I, I'm so proud of where it's at and, and, and how many of you that's came in and enjoyed it and uh, the, the changes that it's made, the success stories. So please check it out. If you, if you don't know what AK Thailand is, if you haven't heard of it, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't looked at our Instagram, here's a video to, to give you an idea. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool but you can't come to Thailand without coming to aka Thailand come on yeah so so you're in a uh, you, you've won four fights and then and then you had the last fight and then what's next like what's next for you so uh, we already lined up to face Mr. Um, oh, oh my goodness, Ray Park, Arjun, Mr. Arjun Bullard for our heavyweight title defense. Okay. Um, back at heavyweight, not a light heavyweight, 
the the last outing was at light heavyweight against yep, Mr. Ungla yep. Ungsa. Camp Champ. Amazing, amazing go. It was really, really awesome. A good time, fun. Um, I think for the remainder of my career, I am staying at heavyweight. I'm not cutting any more weight again. That's for the birds. I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> well, you're the champ at heavyweight, man. No, no need to switch off, you know? Yeah. Like, go where you're comfortable. Yes, sir. But, you know, it was, it was a good – it was something that I've always wanted to try. And, you know, Mike, like you, you said, we're go-getters. You know, we take what's ours. And I've always wanted to own two titles in two different divisions, two different weight yeah. classes. You know, I'm – I'm not saying anything about the weight cut. I'm not saying anything about the the actual event, other than it both amazing. Everything went well. Sometimes things just don't go your way. And then afterwards, I was thinking like, oh, I don't know if I want to cut weight anymore. Yeah. I'm not a fan of cutting weight anymore at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm good at heavyweight now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. So, um, do you know if if one has any plans to? Have any more shows coming up, or without audiences, or anything, or any any kind of news on that at all? Or so I've heard rumors, but I haven't heard anything yet. So yeah. no, no good rumors to substantiate, you know, because man, rumors at one championship kind of don't pan out. You have to wait till they actually tell you yeah. <laughs> what's happening. Yeah, you so uh, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping small studios, uh, maybe small. Closed door events would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, as an athlete, people were asking, uh, "Do you need the crowd?" As an athlete, no, we don't need the crowd. We weren't doing this for the crowd. No matter what your reason was for jumping in this, unless you were the Ken version of Ken and Ryu in Street Fighter Two, you didn't do it for the crowd. You know, we were martial artists doing this, so the crowd's not necessary. It would be much nicer because you can hear all your coaches. Yeah champion and as an ambassador of one championship and wanting to promote martial arts throughout the world i wish that the crowd was there so that they could see believe and experience those moments live because right, even yeah. though it's really cool on tv bro that that vibe inside there with you is there's no recreating that if you're not there <laughs> yeah some of the so best I, moments i've had oh god sorry no, no, no. Keep going, Mike. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. What were you saying? I think we're kind of saying the same thing. Some of the best moments I've had, aside from winning a fight, is that walkout. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that walkout to that crowd. And that's an incredible feeling, man. Yeah. And there's no way to explain it to people. You know, I tell them, nope. oh, how is it? People always ask. So, Mike, this is what I tell people. How, how is it when you go inside there? What is the walk like? What is, what is it like inside the, the circle? What is that like when they lock the door? I said, man, the only way I could describe it to you, okay, in a PG form, is <laughs> let let's go back let's go back when we were younger and people used to lie about having sex. Okay? So this is before everybody had sex and there was always that one person in the group who did have sex who knew if you were lying because you had never had sex before, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you're trying to describe <laughs> it and it's it's like this and it's like that, but you've never had it before. So you, you're really just guessing and you're trying to guess. Until you have had sex, you cannot describe or understand what it was like, you know, what it's like. Like you can fake the funk, you can try to describe it, but unless, unless you've actually experienced it, you'll never understand it. Yeah. I'll say Does that, that it's a, quite, so that's yeah, what 100%. I tell 
unless if you, unless you walk down that thing, unless somebody actually bolts you in, and they shut that door and they say, "You ready? <laughs> you guys ready?" <laughs> and it's just yeah. you in there until until you do that. Then, man, I, I, no matter what I say or how I explain it, it will never do it justice. Just, when you're yeah, well, when I'm in there and like when I'm looking across, like when I first got in UFC and, and and like sort of having the bigger fights and like when you're in there and the lights are on, you feel that heat, the lights, you know, the crowds around you <laughs> and you look across the, the ring and you see your opponent. He's staring you down. You're playing the mental game like you're wondering, like, is he scared? You know, what's his game plan? What's he going to do? You don't know, man. That's what makes it crazy. And then the announcer's <laughs> announcing, and you're looking across, and you're just like in your head, you're thinking like, wow. Like that you just can't explain. Like that's just a, that's such a unique feeling of like, holy shit, man. Like this is it. This is like it, bro. Like it's like skydiving when you're like about to jump out of the plane. It's like this is it, dude. Like I don't know what's going to happen, but this is, this is it. We're going we're gonna to know soon. <laughs> like there's definitely, there's definitely no going back now. <laughs> so my, it's a, I think that's been my most favorite. That's my most favorite one. What's happening? We're about to find out. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna find out for sure. There's, there's a hundred percent. Everyone will know, and unfortunately, we're all know at the same time. So if it's not good, man, it's gonna, it's gonna be a shitty, <laughs> shitty night for I us all. Yeah, Mike, that's that's probably the most perfect way I've heard that described. Uh, what's going on? I don't know. We're about to find out right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is perfect. That is perfect. Because people uh, don't realize, that, like, that you, you can awesome. do. You can do all the strategy and all the, the, the game plan, all the, the research you want, but you really have – I mean, ask Masvidal and, and, or ask uh, Asker against Masvidal. You really don't know what your opponent's going to do. He can do anything. So it's like when you're staring across the ring, you know what you want to do. You know your, your strategy, you know, and you know all that. But it's like you do have that moment of like – Man, you, you 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 almost feel lost but controlled, you know, because because you're like you really don't have control of the situation. You're gonna have to. It's like here's the best way to describe it for me. Like, I'm certified in skydiving, so when I jump out of the plane, you're you're killing yourself. Like you're you're destined for death. You have to save your life between the time you jump out of that plane and the time you land. So it's like when you get in that that octagon, it's the same way because like you're you're destined to like have to face whatever this guy brings so you're gonna have to figure out what he's bringing and you're gonna have to defend it and then beat him to win this fight you know what i mean like it it's not like you're gonna just walk out there and your training is gonna just all of a sudden win the fight like you you still have to like figure this guy out land what you gotta land do what you gotta do and and make yourself win and that and so that pressure hits you right then and it either pumps now. you up or it, bre- or it breaks you, one of the two. And I think that's the difference of the guys that make it and the guys that, that don't, you know? And you know what, Mike, with, with you saying that, bro, like, I think that's the saddest part of our sport. Uh, seeing seeing people broken. Yeah, by the for sport. sure. You know, like, it's like, uh, so one of, my, one of my most favorite movies in the 80s was uh, Never Ending Story. And it goes back to this sport when the lead character, Atreyu, had to pass the Sphinx. He had to believe in himself. And then he had to look at in the he had to look at himself in the mirror and face himself, remember? Yeah. You remember that from that movie? I remember that's most of that movie. Of, I remember watching it a bunch yeah. of times. That's yeah. <laughs> that's that's our sport in a nutshell. And yeah. that happened in practice every day, you know? Like, we do that to each other every day. Even if it's not sparring, coach is doing it to us. Or the number of reps and the time is doing it to us, you know? So we have to look at ourselves every day in the mirror. And 
there's a lot of guys who, who, who play the game well until, it, you know, you go from C, D level, C level, you get into the B level. But when you get into the A level, when you're starting to play with those guys, there's no days off. There's no easy days. There's no easy rounds, you know. So I've seen people get from here. And, you know, this sport's not forgiving, man. No. <laughs> yeah, no. You, you don't get to take stuff back. So nope. there's guys who've been here that should have stayed here. But they, you know, people were goading them and, no, you're ready. You can do this. Yeah. Boom, they get here. And then. They're not you, ready. Then you never hear from them again, you know. That's the saddest part, I think, about our sport, man, is when when the people get broken. And it's not just men. It's women, too. You know, it's, it's just part of our sport, man. And I think, I think out of everything, man, that's what I think my favorite part of this sport is. Is because the people that are here, the people that are champs, the people who have made it, people who push through the muddy waters, those people, man, you know you can count on them. You know yeah. you can count on those people, man. Good times, Mike. Like you, look at you, Mike. What you doing? You basically <laughs> took over Thailand. You took over Phuket. Like man, everyone knows AKA Thailand now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying, man. Destination now, man. You're like in magazines now, bro. <laughs> I'm trying, bro. I'm trying, man. It's my dream, man. To, to my dream is to create the gym, you know, not just a gym. It's like a destination. It's an experience. It's a it's an excursion. It's like the Hard Rock Cafe of of gyms. You know what I mean? Like the cool spot to go. So that's that's my goal with this, and, and we're we're continuing to build out um, on that for sure. And and like in going back to what you said too, like you know, it's like you can never doubt. Like I think Henzo said it best when he was always saying how like the the harder you train, the luckier you get. Like you you have to have the confidence that you can do anything out there if you're mentally ready. I mean nobody expected uh, you know Khabib to to knock down Connor with a punch. Nobody expected Gabriel Gonzaga to 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 knock down Crocop uh, with a kick. I mean it's just there's crazy things that can happen that you can do. So it's like on top of what you already know you can do. So. It's like once you get out there and face that fear, man, the sky's the limit. So it's like that's, that's, that's why fighting to me is just so mental. It's, it's so mental. When you can accomplish that part, man, you can do anything, you know, like you. Be a champion and be all, you know, be all crazy, <laughs> crazy over 40 champion, man. It's crazy. Dude, I learned this from Randy and Dan Henderson, Mr. Randy Couture and Dan Henderson. I take care of my body. You know, I, I pay attention if I'm hurt. I rehab, I man, I when I'm in camp, I rehab every single day. When I'm not in camp, I'm still stretching every single day. You know, like I've never wanted to fight the hard fights. I've always wanted to fight smart fights, even if the guy that I was fighting was a hard fighter. You know, like because yeah. there's no need to fight the hard fights. That's how you end up speaking slow later on, not being able to open gyms later on, not being able to function later on. So. No matter what was happening in my in my career, I've always known that I didn't want to end up like some of the boxers from before our time. You know, I I've met some of them, so I'm I knew I didn't want to be there. So man, I taking taking everything astride, the good, the bad, the ugly, rehabbing long, not speeding anything up, um, eating healthy, and dude, li- living this island life. You know, I yeah, I moved to the Philippines. We moved to the Philippines. And we haven't seen some of our friends since we moved to the Philippines and to Guam. When they saw us last time, they said, man, what are you doing because you look younger? Like, what are you guys doing? So, man, we're just living the island life. We're living the good life. Mike, you still look 19. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, a, dude, different, it's a difference. 
It's a difference out here, bro. People ask me all the time, like, because, you know, you're in shape and you're you're tan and, you know, all these different things. And it's like, but there's a difference when you live on an island, man. You have the sun beaming down on you all the time. And, and it's that, like, when I go back to America, man, you know, the best way to describe it is, like, everything is so, they're so fast-paced and, like, in a stressed out and, like, in a rush. Like, you go to the grocery store and people are, like, their carts are, like, they're racing down the aisles and grabbing stuff. And they're just, like, on drugs, you know, it seems like. And, and like, in on the island, bro, everything's just chill, you know, like there's no stress, you know, you just, everyone's nice and friendly. You got great food, healthy coconuts and food right from the source. You know, you got the beaches and then you can train like a nice facility, obviously best facility in the world, AK Thailand. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's like, it, 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 it makes your body just happy and, and stress less stressful and, and just, yeah, you can, you can live a better life, I think, as far as overall healthy wise, you know? And, and, and so it's like, until you experience it, like you said, it's hard to, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's a good life, man. It's definitely a, a different life than the city life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I understand why people say they get island fever and they can't live on an island. No, I get that. I get that. This isn't for you. This isn't for you, but don't, don't ask how I got young. And then when you get the answer, be like, yeah. Oh man, I can't. All right, then don't do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, don't... yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Man. Okay. Well, all right. Okay. Then. So there was a, there was a thing here, man. I was going through a hard time in my life. Uh, the divorce, my, my divorce, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I first came to Guam, uh, my friend was with me at the time and we saw this sign and little mama, what did the sign say? My friend is not my wife, by the way. So on the side of the wall by this beautiful view, when you come out here, I'm going to take you to the spot where it was at. And it said, create a life you do not need a vacation from. Yes. And dude, my head went sideways. Huh. No shit. <laughs> All right. So then, you know, I never used my VA loan before from when I was in the military. So this is a U.S. territory. I could use my VA loan here. So we just started thinking long term. We started thinking about our lifestyle, you know. And brother, I see you, how you're doing it in Thailand. I'm doing it in the Philippines and in Guam. Bro, it's the island life is for, it's for me. It's for me. It's for us. I, I love it. I love it. I love how you adapted, man. And my favorite thing about this, Mike, living on the islands on both of them is that we can give back. Because we can do so much. And of what we've got to accomplish and, you know, what we what we do, who we are, we get to do a lot to give back to the islands. And we don't even – I don't see you post about it, Mike. No. I don't post stuff, you know, and, but I know you're doing it. I know you're I know you're over there helping out when you can. So it's, it's really, really cool, man, because you're not just taking from the island. We're actually putting back in on all of them, you know. So yeah. that's – it's a good feeling, man. It's a very fulfilling feeling. It's funny, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that, but yeah, you're right, man. Absolutely, and it's I, I'm not trying to look for like, uh, you know, credit credit from all this stuff, but it's like when you build a company like I built. I mean, I have over 50 employees, and we built it in a village. You know what I mean? Like a, 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 a five zero. Five zero, yeah. So it's a, it's a two it's a two, two acre two acre project, dude. It's and we're building a we're building a 100 percent exclusive three story uh, building next. It's going to be like it's going to be like beyond crazy, man. I'm talking helipad, yeah. ocean view top penthouse everything dude it's it's crazy yeah it's going to be the most exclusive sports combat training facility and it's it's on the ak thailand property it's just going to be like divided now so it's going to be the exclusive part and then there's going to be the regular part but uh when you build a a, a company that 
Yeah, it'll be the same property. But when you build a company this big in Thailand, like what you said, man, there's a lot of things that we've had, we've, you know, we've done. And, and, you know, you can't just come in and build such a big company and not help take care of people. So not only do I employ so many Thai people, but, you know, you, you, you do a lot for that community. You know, you do a lot to help the people that are around that community. Um, you know, we, we put in like we extended the road and paved the road. It wasn't even a paved road to get back there. Uh, you know, we put in extra, uh, uh, the power, uh, the, the power thing. Powerful. Yes, <laughs> the, sir. The freaking po- power lines. Yeah. But the, but the big power box, whatever the hell, I can't believe I can't think of what it's called, but the big power box, the, um, the transformers, we put in transformers, we put in, uh, extensive tunneling, uh, for the roads, like for, for, for drainage for the, the rainy season. And, and we've done like extra wells and things like that. But it's like, it feels good, man. And not only not only the stuff that you do that like to help people, but it's like just having this gym in general, bro. Like uh, the people that come in, it's so exciting for me every day to see them because they come in and they're so excited to get there and be there. And 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 most of the people that come in are like they're just excited to be a part of this like cool, you know, that they see on Instagram, whatever gym. And they're just regular everyday people that want to lose weight. Maybe they want to have a Muay Thai fight for the first time. A lot of business people, a lot of people that just are escaping their jobs. Um, Not just fighters. We do have champion fighters like uh, Manel Cap, who's a a rising champ who just got signed with UFC. But we have so many, the majority of our people are people that are coming in to accomplish their goals and have a great experience. And to watch them lose 10 kilos and 20 kilos and and be so excited and happy and leave us great reviews and and, and to meet all these people and, and and see all these stories. It's, it's good that I can actually have a business where I can I can actually be successful and sustain and 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 grow and 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 make money from that actually helps people. And like it's a, you know it does something good versus like you know like the stock market or something where you're like having to like take from people to get to get successful. You know what I mean? It feels yep. good to have a business that's helping so many people and it's also a business. So that that in itself makes it exciting to go to work every day because I always meet a new person every day that I go in. I hear a new story, you know, uh, you know, and I, I see new smiles and new, you know, get new feedback. So it's it's really like selfishly gratifying for me, you know, like I enjoy for my own ego and for my own pride of like, you know, feeling good. I selfishly enjoy just hearing these stories and knowing that I'm doing something positive for people um, instead of having a job that's, you know, I mean, if you think about it, we've, our jobs are to entertain people. Our whole careers have been entertaining and helping. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times I'm sure your fights have inspired people that have watched your fights, you know, overcome fear, overcome uh, probably health conditions or depression or just entertainment when they were down, so it's cool to have this, you know, and, and to be in this this realm. It's gratifying and and rewarding. And so, like you said, like set up a life that that, that doesn't feel like you know a job that doesn't feel like work, and and have freedom to do what you want to do and enjoy it, and that that be your job. And that's what I've done, man. Like that, you know, I could be I could try to be a billionaire and and try to do all this stuff to make all this crazy money, but work twelve hours a day Why? in an op- office that I don't yeah. like. I mean, I know so many, I know a lot of billionaires and millionaires and stuff, but they work from morning till night in offices and yeah, they may enjoy their job and stuff, but it's, it's not what I would enjoy. I like going to Bali, you know, on any given time I want or going to the Philippines for a week or something or, or, or going to the islands and promote the gym. Everything I do promotes the gym, you know, everything I do training at my gym, you know, living on the island, going to the beach. It's like, I've created a life where I can have a good life and, and also have the freedom and be able to do the things that I want to do, you know, in, in a post-career. Because you weren't looking to get rich. You weren't looking to make money. You just went there with this dream and built upon it while helping everyone out, Mike. 
Congratulations. It's got to start with like, thanks, man. Wall, but I know that you were doing big things. And I know you were doing good things out there. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. This is Thank very you, cool to hear, man. Very, very cool to it's just, hear. It's got, you just got to have passion in what you do, man, I think. And I think the people that really have the passion in their work, it shows, you know. And, and I think just like fighting, we used to say uh, when, when, you, when you fight, you know, you'd have problems. You know how fight camps are going through relationships and things like that. You know, you, you, have, issues that, you have issues at home and you have health issues. Sometimes you're sick. You have so many things coming the way. And so it's like you're always battling these things to, to get out there and have a good fight. But the thing we always say is at AKA, uh, you know, winning fixes everything. When you go out there and you win a fight, it fixes everything. So don't, don't worry about like, oh man, how am I going to fix this problem? Or I owe this money or, or I got to pay this off or I got to do this or I got to do that go win that fight. And it's going to take care of those problems. And it's a, it's the same thing. It's the same thing when you, when you have a business and you're an entrepreneur, do something you have passion about that, that you're fired up for. And you'll put in 20 hours a day and you won't even think it's work, but you'll be working 20 hours a day, you know, 18 hours a day. And so won't even be tired. Won't ever get tired. it's what you want, man. It's what you want to do, you know. Yeah, I got to get cool. you out here. Yeah, man. I got, I got to get you out here, bro. I got to get you out here and, and check it out and uh, do some training, cruise the islands. And you're an island boy, so you'll you'll appreciate it. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. I, I I've been wanting to take the missus, so we'll bring the baby next year for sure. I would love to hop the islands and just go cruise around with you there, man. It's have you have you yeah. done Thailand? Have train. you done? I've been to Thailand. I went to. Uh, I've been to Phuket. Oh, you have. Uh, that's all the way south, right? That's the south yep. south part. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where I've been. That's my favorite part. I trained at Suet Camp. Is that place still there? Suet, yeah. Uh, Suet. There was a stadium. I don't know if that camp is still there anymore, but there was, it was a stadium. in the middle of the island up in Phuket. Like yeah, one from the dude, bottom. Up. There's like 60 gyms on this island, man. There, there's two big yeah, gyms, uh, us and Tiger, but then there's a lot of other gyms. And Suet had a stadium, and we used to have fights there, the Suet Stadium. Okay, okay. Very so cool, I don't know. Man. I'm sure. I'm sure the gym's still there. It just might not be crazy big. But the gym's yeah. always just. Or there's so, always once a gym, always a gym. It seems like here, but they just might not be as big as before. You know. It's just no. Even when I went before, it's just a small one, man. Super small. Yeah. But, yeah. Man, I don't, I don't need to go anywhere else except AKA now. That's the only place I gotta stop by in, in Phuket, Thailand. Yeah, bro. Need- You're gonna love it, man. <laughs> You're gonna love it, dude. We're gonna get some good workouts. Oh. Enjoy the yeah. family. Go out on the the boat. Check out the islands. The islands are beautiful, man. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you obviously see them all the time, but but still, man, it's every time you see another set, it's even more beautiful than the last. You know, it's just yeah. it never gets old. Never yeah. gets old. Yeah. Ooh, uh, ooh. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on you, one man. second, Mike. Hold yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please, yeah, put it there. Yes, sir. He's so of nice. Course, yes, sir. Yes, Sorry. sir. I've never Sorry. heard a fighter. I've never heard a fighter say yes, sir, more than Brennan Vera. Dude, you're the most. You're the most, <laughs> sir. You're the most, sir, guy I've ever met in my entire, my entire career. You're always like yes, sir, yes, sir. I remember like even in like England or something. Every, every time you saw me, we didn't know each other that well. But you're like, hey, what's up, Swick? How you doing, sir? And all that. And I'm just like, I felt so like inferior for you to call me sir. Like I, I didn't deserve it, you know. And I was just like, wow, he's such a nice guy, you know, so nice. Mike, you know, I, I grew up in the South, man, in Virginia, so it didn't have to be my family. It could be a stranger or somebody, or some older lady or an uncle or somebody. If you didn't hold the door open for somebody, you could get slapped upside the back of your head if you yeah. didn't do it right. If you didn't say, <laughs> sir, ma'am, somebody was going to correct you, you know, like somebody was going to ask you. And it would be, 
it was a very, very southern way of correcting you. It, they would come up to you and say, so, did you really let that old woman hold her own door open? Like, they ask you like that. Yeah. So, it always became, yes, sir, no, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. So, and I really love the way people smile, Mike, when I call them sir and ma'am. I absolutely yeah. love it. I love it. And I even love when the people get mad and tell me don't call them sir because they're not old. I'm like, all right, then. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye, sir. <laughs> yeah. That's you funny, man. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that, man. That's funny. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Dude, man, thank you so much. I know you give me a lot of your time, but thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. Like, It's been so great catching up with you, and, and I want to have you back on. Uh, especially when this quarantine's over with and, and you get something going on and, and maybe a fight or, or whatever else you have going on and want to talk about, man. I can always I can always have a great conversation with you for sure, man. I mean, I've, there's no doubt whenever about that. You, Mike, call me, text me, whatever. Whatever, Mike. All right, oh, man. I'll just, I'll just let one know that we're going to do it at what day and what time so it's easier. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And good luck with everything. And, and when they when they do get you a fight, I'm always in your corner, man. You know that. You, Mike. Blessings. I appreciate what you're doing, man. Stay awesome, brother. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, there you have it, Brandon Vera. Uh, wow, what a great podcast. This is this is one of my favorite podcasts. Um, I love talking to positive people and inspiring people, and he is just so full of energy every time I talk to him. Like he said, you know, we haven't spent a lot of time together, but every time we see each other, every time we've we've done uh, events together or went went to places together, it's it's always been just such good chemistry, uh, positivity, inspiration. Um, just a great person. So it was great to have this conversation. I think that you guys probably took a lot from it. I mean, if, if, for all you up and coming fighters, I think this is a must episode. I think definitely listen to what we said because there was a lot of good advice and a lot of good stories in there that like I've never told that I don't think he's probably ever told. And it's stuff that, that you should definitely think about uh, if you're uh, going to be a fighter and, and, and you want to get through all those struggles, you know, because you can, you can do it. It's possible. You know, you just got to have the right mental fortitude and the right, the mind, the right mindset, the right energy, positivity, and you can accomplish your dreams, man. And, and you can do things like become the, the one heavyweight champion and, and win 10 UFC fights like I have and, and, and accomplish those things that you never thought were possible when you were younger, you know? So, uh, I hope you took from it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, which you should, you should definitely watch on YouTube and see us interact. Um, I leave the camera on me on the split screen for the entire time. So I put myself out there. <laughs> People are always commenting on why I'm like, I don't react sometimes or I'm, I, I have weird reactions or I look away to see something, but we have monitors and stuff where I can make sure that all the, the, the levels are good. Some, some of these actual Skypes I'm doing by myself, and then I send to my team to do the editing and, and do all this stuff. So I have to make sure that the, the, the uh, I have these big TVs with like uh, the, the programs on there to make sure that all the, the mic levels are good and that I'm, I'm not wasting my time talking and then it gets deleted or it's, it, it got paused or it got stopped. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to watch us on, uh, on YouTube because you get to see two guys talk, especially this podcast, especially so inspiring. So, uh, motivational to see us, our reactions and how we interact. And you can see that chemistry that, that we were talking about. Um, 
So yeah, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about uh, the podcast, who you'd like to see on the podcast coming up. We've got a lot of great podcasts coming soon. Uh, even in-house, we changed the studio, like I said last time. Um, so we have a three-part studio now. You can see the new, new changes behind me for the Skypes. We have a table here that's going to be great for our in-studio guests, which we're going to have an in-studio podcast coming really soon. Um, and yeah, leave comments, subscri uh, subscribe. Uh, to YouTube, subscribe to Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, follow us on all platforms, leave us feedback. Hope you enjoy the show and I'll see you next time.